This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We've got uh, a great program with all the latest and hottest apps that are out there for your smartphones and tablets. want to give a, a warm welcome back to Christina, who's been gone for, God, forever. I think about three months uh, now traveling uh, down to Honduras. How was your trip? It was fantastic, and it was only two and a half months. This is an ongoing argument for us. I think it was around three or four months, wasn't it, Graham? I thought there was some sort of calendar app that we could check out. Did you use apps while you're gone, or did you just throw your smartphone away? Uh, I got to be honest. I was a little bit unplugged down there, other than um, some work that I was doing. But uh, I found that WhatsApp was like my saving grace down there because not everyone is on the same platforms and has access to data when they're traveling and things like that. So uh, you're relying on different modes of communication for sure. Very cool. Well, we uh, have lots to talk about on today's program. I have a really interesting segment coming up after the next break. Uh, we've uh, got uh, a guest on. His name's David Kogan, and he's actually done a speed test across four generations of iPhones. You'll be surprised again at the results, so stay tuned for that. Of course, so we've got our Hot 5 this week, it's the Hot 5 Allergy Season apps. We also will be telling you about the latest and greatest TV shows and movies coming up on the streaming services like Netflix, Amazon, and Prime. But right now, let's uh, dive into some uh, app news, guys. Facebook temporarily blocks new apps from joining its platform. Is this uh, part of their new new and improved Facebook I think this is actually their sort of pants on fire reaction to, oh, pants no, we've been, we've been caught here. Um, essentially, they looked at their APIs, realized they were leaking data all over the place. And in an effort to kind of stem the bleeding, uh, they've stopped people from creating new apps. And then I think they're going to come back in the next couple of weeks with a, a, a new way of revisiting uh, that, uh, that, that particular part of their business. You know, with all this Facebook stuff going on, Zuckerberg, he appeared in front of the U.S. Congress, uh, Senate, uh, you know, begging forgiveness. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some changes, but are we going to hear another Facebook story in two years? I would say it's not even going to take that long. No. In the next six months, we're going to hear the next big scandal. We're already hearing that in addition to uh, Cambridge Analytica, data has been leaked uh, through a variety of different sources uh, through other apps. And, you know, they're saying that uh, the 87 million that um, Facebook has said that Cambridge Analytica had access to is being dwarfed by some of these new numbers. So, I mean, this is going to be story after story after story. The course of the last five years, I think, has been a uh, in the Wild West for Facebook. I mean, their their motto for a very long time was go fast and break things. And I think they did that. And I think they're regretting it right now. They broke our trust. They did. Speaking of Facebook, Tinder's dating app briefly broke after Facebook announced the new privacy rules. What's that all about, Christina? Uh, so uh, because Facebook was making it more difficult for apps to access its service. And of course, if you've ever used a dating app like Tinder or Bumble, you have to enable it through your Facebook profile. So I guess uh, things went a little wonky and people weren't able to log into Tinder and they were getting stuck in an infinite login loop. Yikes. But that's uh, it's fixed now, isn't it? It is fixed. I mean, people can't live without their Tinder. So <laughs> I know it was fixed rather quickly, but I just uh, think it's it's kind of a funny. It, thing. it should it should be noted here that that Bumble and OkCupid did not break because they weren't asking for quite as much data, whereas Tinder goes into your interests and a few other things. So essentially, as soon as it broke that access, the API freaked out and, you know, no one was able to swipe left or right for a little while. Interesting. 
another uh, news item here in the app world. App downloads and revenue again broke records in the first quarter of 2018. Yeah, lots of apps out there being downloaded and lots of money being spent on all of them. Wow, that was very informative. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Google Play downloads uh, grew over 10% uh, year over year last year, $27.5 billion, which is the highest figure to date, which, I mean, these stories kind of write themselves a little bit. I I would be surprised if app downloads went down. I would be surprised if revenue went down. The smartphone market is still expanding. The app markets are still expanding and more apps are being written every day. So this is kind of a story that makes sense, I think. But uh, the Apple App Store is still uh, the number one. They still spell. They still sell more apps than anybody to anybody. Um, I mean, obviously, with the Google Play Store, there's a few different places to get apps. Right? There's Google Play. There's uh, Amazon's App Store. You can sideload apps. Uh, Apple still remains the one place that you can get apps on iOS, and they have found that per capita, uh, iOS users spend more uh, than Android users. Uh, so yeah, Apple's kind of still making a ton of money on these things. Interesting. Uh, so year over year growth uh, this year. billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Good time to get into uh, app uh, development. What's really interesting about this also is that uh, this is just uh, on actual apps. It's not, uh, it's not factoring in any any of the advertising or uh, in-app purchases and subscriptions. Oh, that could be billions more. Exactly. Uh, Also in the app world, uh, as far as news, self-care apps are booming. That's right, because apparently millennials are really self-centered. <laughs> Hurtful. <laughs> so so what are ex- examples of self-care? <laughs> Just like mental health and that kind of thing? Fitness? Uh, well, the two top apps in this category are Calm and Headspace, which are both meditation, um, meditation and uh, mindfulness apps. So it's interesting. In the first quarter of 2018, the top 10 grossing self-care apps in uh, the U.S., they earned more than $15 million combined in iPhone and Android revenue and $27 million in worldwide revenue. That's not bad. Well, so here's the question. Um, part of some, of the, some of these apps, the features, like they actually come built into the Apple Watch. Do either of you guys use the Breathe app? Um, I should. It's always reminding me yeah. to breathe. That little thing comes up on my watch saying, breathe. Does it give you stress when you don't breathe? Well, I am breathing. I'm like, why do you have to remind me? But obviously, it's an, a breathing exercise, yeah, which yeah, I a, probably should do because I'm stressed out. You, you can you can set the time on it, right? I, I've got mine set for a minute, and it gets you to kind of sit there quietly. And then it gives you little vibrations on your wrist as you're supposed to inhale and exhale. It's actually a cool, it's a cool little feature. I think it's really neat. This was an interesting story. Teen monitoring apps don't work and just make teens hate their parents, a study finds. Shocking, right? So what is this all about? <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, researchers uh, surveyed 200 parents and teens uh, about their about their use of these uh, monitoring apps and found that it they tended to drive a wedge between parents and teens. Again, surprising, right? Yeah, I have teens, and uh, I've tried in the past, you know, when they're younger, to put monitoring apps on their phones. Oh hell no! That was like major major issue. Well, it's a tough thing because obviously it tells your kids that you don't trust them and that you're open to invading their privacy. Okay, so well, number, a couple of things. Number one, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I'm all about invading their privacy. That's fair. <laughs> now, here's the question. Like back in my day, we didn't need an app to make us hate our parents. We just did that inherently. Is this, is this a new thing? Did <laughs> yes. we need an app for this? Well, I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, I mean, 
I, I have friends that um, actually have the, what is it called on uh, the iPhone, the Find My? Find My Phone, yeah. Find, or Find oh, My Friends? Find My Friends, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they've uh, enabled that on all their kids' phones and even theirs, so they all know where each other are all the time. Sneaky. And they, no, and they seem to be okay with it. Well, it's kind of a digital lowjack, really, right? Like you can, Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's not a bad thing, I guess, if you've got teenagers and you can make them load that. <laughs> it, it's a whole lot less intrusive than putting a monitoring bracelet on them. Here's a crazy thought. What about just talking to them? They are humans. That's after ridiculous. All. I know, but they're teenagers. They're they're designed to to mess with adults and not do what we say <laughs> and trick us. That's the, that's inherent in their design. You, I don't know where this is coming from because your kids are amazing. Oh, they're fantastic, but they're sneaky. And I bet when you were a teenager, were you were you like perfect? Or were, um, you, were you sneaky? You were I, sneaky. I, you know, I was born perfect, Mike. I was a ray of gosh darn sunshine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think you need a nap. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about on today's program. Uh, you'll want to stay tuned. When we come back from the break, uh, we've got a guest on who's done a speed test across four generations of iPhones. Did the latest iPhone have the fastest speeds? Well, you'll be surprised uh, with the results. We uh, also have our Hot 5 app countdown uh, coming up. And also what's streaming on uh, the streaming services like Netflix and Amazon and Crave TV. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. So you've spent uh, a good chunk of change on the latest iPhone 10 or maybe the 8 Plus, but is it faster at opening apps than previous generations? Well, we've uh, got uh, a tech expert uh, on the line to uh, help us through that. Uh, his name is David Kogan. He's the uh, the man behind the popular tech blog, The Unlocker, uh, also contributes to a number of other publications. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I uh, wanted to bring you on the show. Read your article on digitaltrends.com. Uh, you basically took, I believe, four different iPhones and uh, did speed tests on how quickly each one of them opened different apps. Tell our listeners, uh, why, why did you do this and, and what phones did you use? So uh, I was kind of curious. Um, basically, it was, it was an experiment. I wanted to see uh, how the opening of things that we do every day changed from generation to generation on the iPhones with all of the new processors and their, you know, uh, bump them in performance specs. Um, and so I lined up the iPhone 10, the 8 Plus, the 7 Plus, and the 6S Plus, and just kind of opened a, a collection of apps that I feel like are popular, right? So Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google Maps, uh, and then I went to some of the more popular downloaded games, for example, uh, Pokemon Go, Super Mario Run, and uh, Sonic Dash, um, and then just kind of filmed each one of them by themselves, and so that way I could, you know, actually tap one at a time. It's very hard to tap four phones at once, um, so I tapped them, and then I lined it up uh, in uh, post to see how long each one took, um, and and the overall conclusion was that it really kind of took basically the same amount of time for most of the apps across the board. So we're talking the three-year-old phone all the way up to the brand new ones, um, which I thought was quite interesting. That is interesting because uh, people are shelling out a lot of money for iPhone 10s, you know, $1,300 plus. Uh, and I think maybe some of them are assuming that this should be you know, remarkably faster than previous generations. Uh, again, it's just opening apps, but uh, were you surprised at the results? Um, yeah, I think I was, although, I mean, when we really think about it, the processing power and all the things that have changed in these devices is not, 
it's not actually being utilized very much when it comes to opening and, and rendering these very simple apps for the most part, right? Um, it, it, where it would actually make a difference is when we're talking about like using um, AR on the phone would be very different on the 6S than it would be on the 10 and the other ones in between. Um, things like that, the facial recognition requires a lot more performance power. So there is a, a reason for these, but I just thought it was it was kind of fascinating that the things that I do the most on my phone are not quite affected by the bump in <laughs> performance and speed. And just just for my knowledge, uh, the four phones, uh, did they all basically have the same uh, apps on them? Like, did you back did you restore them from a certain backup? How did that all work? Yeah, yeah. So basically what I did was I basically wiped all of them um, and then put on uh, my own kind of apps that I usually use, like all the social networks I usually use, and I logged into my accounts so that they would all get notifications and other things. Because beyond the speed test, I also did a battery test, which is coming out soon, um, to see how long the battery lasted. So they needed to all have the same accounts, the same notifications, etc. And then I also did a camera test to see how that worked as well. Um, all of these are coming out on the channel later on at the Unlocker. Um, but yeah, so they were all basically running the exact same accounts, the same apps, etc. So, uh, from from these tests, uh, what 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 would you tell listeners out there? Should they spend the extra money? So, one of the biggest differences, and obviously, like this is going to come out in the video um, that's not out yet, but you, you know, we can talk about it. It's fine. Uh, was the the camera is a huge difference. Yeah. Um, going from like the 6S to the 7 to the 10 and 8. The 10 and 8 are very similar hardware when it comes to the camera. So those performed very similarly. Uh, the jump between those two, I would say, is questionable, whether you want to spend the extra money. Um, I actually did a video on why I suggest buying the 10, but it is a very different thing. It's a more existential look at Apple and why you should do that, but that's, that's different. Um, but the, the camera, which is something that a lot of people care about, it's one of the top features listed every time, is definitely a reason to swap out the phones for different ones. Now, my rule of thumb usually with any device and any manufacturer, including Apple, is you don't necessarily need to bump from this year to next year. When it starts to make a real difference, because the, the, the difference is just too small. When it starts to make a difference, it's two, three years out is when, and manufacturers know this too, because, you know, we have contracts that are 18 months and 24 months, especially here in the States, right? So they know they don't have to add that many features because the, the buying cycle is every two years or so. Um, so it's kind of interesting to think about how that works on their end. You know, they don't put all of the latest and greatest. They kind of go, okay, incremental upgrade today. This is the quote unquote S model, which is now the term for this, like, you know, bi-yearly upgrade cycle. Um, but next year we'll add more features. What's the next test you're going to do? Ooh. Um, so uh, a device by Huawei came out recently um, called the P20 and the P20 Pro. So we're doing another camera comparison with that versus all of the other flagship devices with the quote-unquote best cameras, so the Pixel 2 XL, um, the iPhone 10, um, the Galaxy S9 Plus. I'm going to do a camera comparison probably with those. That's the next experiment. Other than that, we're going to do a couple of like tips and tricks, which I do every Tuesday on, you know, tips and tricks Tuesday on the on the channel as well. So, yeah, that's probably what's coming next. I'm, I'm excited about that because the, the P20 is a very interesting camera. It's got a much larger sensor than the iPhone and the Galaxy S9. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it stacks up. Very cool. We're talking with David Kogan. He's the man behind The Unlocker, a very popular tech blog. You can also read uh, his tests uh, on the iPhones here on digitaltrends.com. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Let's switch gears now and get our game app of the week with Graham. What do you got, Graham? 
So this week's game app of the week is Fortnite from Epic Games. Now this is a 100 player battle royale game where you are parachuted into an island and you have to collect weapons and armor and try to be the last person standing as a storm, which is a concentric circle that kind of closes in on you, uh, reduces the amount of space that's available. It's uh, a fun, cartoony game. It probably is only appropriate for teenagers and up those. If you've got tiny little kids who are playing, you may want to have a word with them about violence in video games. This game is free to play. Uh, but there are in-app purchases. The in-app purchases are purely cosmetic, though. So they're just things like new skins for your characters, new hang gliders, that kind of thing. The, the reason that it's our game of the week is because there are a lot of Battle Royale games out there right now. But Epic Games is actually updating Fortnite every single week with new content. Uh, so it's actually been a really cool, refresh experience out there. And it's kind of the latest thing. Uh, it's kind of the, the new Minecraft, but with guns. So that is this game of the week's game of the week, Fortnite. Thanks so much, Graham. We still have lots more to talk about on today's program. Uh, Coming up uh, later, of course, we're going to be talking about all the latest uh, streaming TV shows and movies. More and more people are cutting the cord and uh, basically getting most of their content from these online services. So this is a fantastic show, the app show here to listen to, to find out what uh, we think is uh, going to be uh, fun to watch uh, in the coming uh, week. And again, uh, all the different shows from Netflix, uh, Amazon, Prime Video. A lot of people have Amazon Prime. They don't even know that they have the uh, the video service, so you got to check that out. And also Crave TV uh, as well. Uh, plus, we will be doing our Hot 5 Countdown, our Hot 5 App Countdown. This week, it's uh, the Hot 5 Allergy Season app. So if you suffer from allergies or you know someone who does, this is definitely the segment that you'll uh, want to check out. Of course, uh, we also have our Travel App of the Week coming up uh, at the end of the program. Do you ever travel on red eyes and uh, arrive in the the city the next day and you don't have anywhere to stay? Well, we have an app that can help you with that, and it's super cool. So stay tuned. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back shortly after this. You are back with The App Show. We still have a lot more to talk about uh, on today's program, including uh, our travel app of the week and also what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV, all the best new shows and movies. We'll give you the lowdown on that. And we have a Facebook app tip of the week as well coming up but before we get there you know what time it is the weekly app hot five this week it's the hot five allergy season countdown apps what do we got for number five graham at number five we've got the weather network now this is available for ios and android a decidedly canadian app that gives you weather forecasts that are very easy to read but also gives you pollen information so you can kind of access everything all in one place Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking about Hot 5 allergy season apps. What have we got, Christina? In the same vein, we have the Weather Channel app. Again, this is mostly a decision on what layout you prefer, but this one provides you information for health and activities. So it gives you your allergy information and tells you how breathing in your air area is right now and also gives you a seven-day outlook for that. Hot 5 app countdown this week. Hot 5 allergy season apps. Number 3, Graham. Number 3 is AllergyCast, and again, available for iOS and Android. Now, this helps you track local pollen with a local pollen index every day, and it will let you see how pollen might actually make you feel with something called allergy impact. So this analyzes weather information, search and social media trends, and uh, kind of tells you how pollen might affect you. It also lets you track your symptoms so that you can help that trending for other people. Very cool. Number two on the Hot 5 Allergy Season app countdown this week, Christina. We have WebMD Allergy available both on iOS and Android. 
And this one, based on the allergies that you have, will help you plan your day with personalized allergy and weather forecasts, along with some doctor-approved tips on how to alleviate some of your symptoms. And for, it, the, and for the hypochondriacs out there, it's got a symptom tracker. It does, yes. <laughs> You're skipping ahead here, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, and this is actually a separate app from just the WebMD app. That's right. This is its own self-contained app just to manage your allergies. If you loved WebMD, WebMD Allergy, and the number one allergy season app this week on the Hot 5 Countdown, Christina? It's called Allergy Sufferers, available only for iOS. This one is actually Canadian, so it provides accurate Canadian daily pollen forecasts. And it also has a premium version to allow you to receive personalized pollen reports based on the allergies that you specifically react to. You can also input your medication and track symptoms if you are using meds to to control your allergies. Thanks, guys. That was the Hot 5 Allergy Season app countdown. Again, number five, the Weather Network. Number four, the Weather Channel app. Number three, Allergy Cast. Number two, WebMD Allergy. And the number one allergy season app this week on the Hot 5, Allergy Sufferers. And uh, all of them are available for iOS and Android except Allergy Sufferers, which is just available for iOS, the iPhone and iPads. Although there's been a lot of controversy with Facebook over the past month, a billion people are still using it. So we're going to give you the Facebook tip of the week. What do you got, Graham? Well, this week's Facebook tip of the week is another way to be paranoid with Facebook, and that is to limit the amount of ads that are coming your way. Now, the best thing to do uh, is to go into your account settings and click on ads, and you'll actually see uh, the About You section. And this is where you will let uh, you can manage whether, whether Facebook can, can show you ads based on these profile fields. That includes your relationship status, your employer, your job title, your educated, and the things that you are interested in. If you flip all of these things off, Facebook has promised us, and whether you believe them or not is up to you, that they will no longer use that information to help target ads your way. So be a little bit more paranoid, give Facebook less information, and turn it off by going to account settings and then ads and turning that stuff off. I still don't believe it. Well, uh, neither do I. Before we head into our break in our next segment, uh, which is all about uh, streaming shows and movies, uh, we have a new segment this uh, this program called the Creative App of the Week, brought to you by our friends over at the Vancouver Film School. Yes, and so the Vancouver Film School for the last 30 years has been delivering uh, the highest quality education and developing the next generation of leaders in entertainment and creative media. So this week's Creative App of the Week is kind of fun. It's SKRWT. It's a bit of a mouthful, but this is an incredibly cool app that allows you to change the perspective of photographs after you've taken them. If you've ever taken a picture and it's not quite right, you get a little bit of distortion in the lens, you've got some crooked lines or something that's not quite symmetrical, um, this app can actually fix it for you. So it sells for $2.79 in the App Store with some in-app purchases. And you can actually take that picture that doesn't look quite right and fix it. It's a very, very cool app that will fix perspective from lens distortion. So that's SKRWT, our creative app of the week, brought to you by Vancouver Film School. Thanks, Graham. When we come back, it's that time streaming shows and movies on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV. We've got the lowdown for you. Stay tuned. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Well, as we all know, marijuana is being legalized here in Canada come this summer. We don't know exactly when, but uh, soon you'll be able to legally smoke recreational uh, pot. But uh, did you know that consumers in Canada that do smoke marijuana, spend about $1,400 on their recreational pastime every year. 
Well, that's about the same amount they spend on gas. But as you know, unlike gas, marijuana can be produced by anyone and easily too. On the line right now, we've uh, got our guest. His name is Thomas George, and uh, he's got a web app that uh, can help you grow your own uh, marijuana and basically from an economic standpoint. How are you doing, Thomas? Oh, very good. How are you, Mike? Good. Tell us about your uh, your app. It's uh, Ganjanomics, is that right? Yes, Ganjanomics. <laughs> oh, yes. Love it. Yeah. This is the course you should have taken in college. <laughs> what our app does is in a very quick way, you can, and it's a web app, so you can just you can, uh, go online, use it quickly. But basically, in every legal state or province, uh, you're able to figure out the return on investment uh, for um, for growing uh, the the maximum legal amount or any amount in between of marijuana in your state, and you can figure out how much money you can make. Sounds sounds simple. So you basically go to the website, and what do you do? You in what what kind of things are you inputting? Yeah, so absolutely. So, so you go to the website, and basically you, you're inputting a few key variables. First, first is where you live, right? So if you don't li- live in a legal state, then uh, you, can't use the tool, but, uh, you, you can play around. So you, you can pl- plug in the state that uh, you live in or you plan to live in. Uh, and then from there, what we then look at is then it, it basically the, what then the – what pops up immediately is uh, it shows you your maximum return uh, within your state and uh, it shows you if you if you grew the maximum amount of marijuana in your state and then you could uh, uh, then you could play with the variables specifically right so then you could you so say in the case of Colorado you, you can grow three plants max so say you wanted to actually grow two you could change to indoor outdoor uh, we've got it defaulted to a novice level um, perhaps you're an expert you've got an expert green thumb so you can up that and that would increase your yield per plant and also to calculate uh, your overall savings uh, in, in the dollar figure we also uh, we've inputted the cost that it would cost you to purchase that marijuana uh, at a local dispensary so putting that all together we then put your return on investment so how much you'd spend on an outlay uh, and then your overall, um, how, how much savings you would have made overall relative to the stock market. So in this example, so, so I say in a Colorado example where you grow three plants, the local cost is $7.10 per gram. You would have a savings of over of nearly $5,000 and your return would be an astronomical 1,265%. So my, my big question, Thomas, why did you make this web app? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, one of the biggest reasons we made this website is that is that we've been covering uh, we've been covering the investment side of uh, marijuana for uh, for quite some time. Uh, we we put out some of the uh, some of the most deep dive research on uh, you know on publicly traded stocks in, in the marijuana industry, uh, and we found that a lot of these are very overvalued stocks to begin with. But the, the other thing that we found as well is that this is one of those one of those really interesting examples where large companies don't have economies of scale, especially producing something like marijuana. So, you know, what we found is that um, a home grower uh, can grow for anywhere between 30 to 60 cents per gram, while the big companies, uh, it costs over $2 per gram, uh, you know, once you include the security costs, um, you know, uh, packaging all, all, and all of the rest. So from our perspective, you know, we thought the public, uh, specifically, you know, as marijuana continues to grow in interest, um, this is very valuable information. This is this is easily the best investment uh, a person can make, uh, growing their own marijuana if they smoke. The app, uh, the web app name again? It is called Ganjanomics. And is that the the website address as well? Uh, no, the website address is uh, Grizzle.com. So it's G R I Z Z L E dot com, 
and uh, and uh, that from there you'll the, the front page shows you how to get to gun genomics. There's an app for there's definitely an app for everything if you want to find out if it's economically feasible to grow your own marijuana once it becomes legal. Check it out. Thanks for joining us today, Thomas. Thanks a lot. Well, now time to switch gears and see what's happening uh, on the streaming services. Streaming this week. First up, uh, as always, we uh, go to see what's happening happening on Netflix. Uh, this one's kind of an interesting one. It's called Loving Vincent, and this is actually the first fully painted feature film uh, telling the story of Vincent van Gogh. Vincent van Gogh killed himself. How does a man go from calm to suicidal in six weeks? If you do have Netflix, you've got to just have a look at this uh, particular uh, uh, movie. It's really amazing from an artistic standpoint. Again, it's a completely painted movie, kind of in the style of Vincent van Gogh. So uh, if you are into him uh, or art in general, uh, definitely one to have a look at. Uh, Next up on Netflix, we have The Gunman with uh, our friend Sean Penn. We did some bad things. I did some bad things. Tell me. We thought we were helping, but it didn't work out that way. We always worried too much, Jim. The past is the past, my friend. You keep a diary of the horror we created. It never happened. That's the way you want to play it? With me? You did your part, I did mine. We all found a way to justify it. (laughs) Also starring Javier Bardem. Uh, If you liked him in uh, No Country for Old Men, uh, he's fantastic in this as well. Again, The Gunman from uh, Netflix. Also on Netflix, uh, fun uh, stand-up comedy special called the Honeymoon Stand-Up Special with Natasha Liguero and Moshe Kajer. Hope I'm saying that right. His pet peeve is, I found out my wife doesn't have feelings and it's always my fault. Hers is the dishes. This is kind of fun. This is uh, two stand-up comedians uh, that uh, a man uh, and uh, wife uh, recently married and uh, it's uh, it's pretty funny. This next one is a coming-of-age tale uh, with uh, four gals uh, coming out of high school, uh, finishing it and trying to figure out what they're going to do uh, with uh, their lives. Hello. What's going on back there? I'm sorry. I... I... You must smoke? No? Then what's that bong in the back seat? Oh, donk. That's funny. That's a, a sculpture that I, I made in school. I don't know what the f- you're thinking. Driving around with a bong in the backseat of your car. Who do you think you are, Willie Nelson? Even he got arrested. <laughs> kind of a, a fun uh, movie. Again, available uh, on Netflix. Uh, coming up uh, on Crave TV. This is a great one if you're into Elvis. Elvis Presley, The Searcher. Music and gospel, and rhythm and blues all combined. As a child, I was influenced by all that. A time when the country was into racism and segregation, he was a young kid. He was not afraid to go and be exposed to it so he could learn even more about it. The American team... Again, uh, The Searcher, Elvis Presley on Crave TV. This one, uh, this next series, uh, season one to three of The Leftovers, a fantastic HBO series. They only made three seasons. It was simply amazing. It's one of my favorite TV series uh, that I've watched uh, in years. It's time again for the world to mourn the departed. Disappearance of 2% of the world's population. None of them are coming back. Yeah, probably not. 
It's a it's an interesting series. The premise basically is that uh, one day two percent of the world's population just disappeared, and uh, basically no one knows why. Some think there's uh, religious overtones. Others are trying to find a science explanation. Stars Justin Thoreau, uh, who used to be with uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston, but simply an amazing uh, series. When we come back from the break, yes, it's that time. It's travel app of the week. We also have a, a fitness app of the week as well from Graham. Stay tuned. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Before we get to our travel app of the week with our little traveler, we've got a fitness ta- uh, fitness app of the week. Graham, what do we got? So this week's fitness app of the week is Jeffit. J-E-F-I-T. It's a workout Sorry, tracker. Je- Jeffit. Jeffit. And um, it's for Android, <laughs> iOS, and there is a desktop web app as well. It's free with in-app purchases, which is a premium subscription to track things and, uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, over 8 million people are using this. And it's an exercise tracker that gives you uh, detailed workout programs, uh, HD video exercise instructions, and a bunch of tools to log and track what it is that you're doing. Um, so this actually has more than 1,300 exercises in the app's database. And you can plan out your routines, uh, both inside and outside the gym and it lets you uh you choose from other user generated workouts so basically you can go through the community find a workout that you feel is going to be cool for you and do something different each time so that's this week's fitness app of the week jeff it thanks graham well it's that time now it's our travel app of the week we finally uh, have got our traveler back and you've been traveling a lot and we're happy to have you tell us our travel app of the week christina what do you got Thanks, Mike. It's nice to be back. This week we have Day Use, and this one is available on both Android and iOS for free. Um, this one is interesting, actually. Uh, if you're if you've ever taken a red eye or had a strange layover, you can find yourself with no place to go. This one allows you to book hotel rooms for the day rather than the evening hours, so you have a place to relax or take a shower or you know get some work done while you're laying over. Um, and it often gives you the same access to the same amenities that other guests are enjoying, but it is at a reduced rate. So you're saving a bit of money and getting a little bit of comfort on your journey. What's it called again? Day use. And what platforms is it available for? Available on Android and iOS, and it's free to download. I love this because I've taken a lot of red-eye flights, especially if you go international. Uh, You know, I flew uh, over to uh, Taipei in Taiwan last year, and I got in at like 7 in the morning, and I had nothing to do. And this app would be perfect to help me find a place to stay. That's right. And again, it gives you uh, access to a lot of amenities. So it's a nice way to relax and, you know, decompress after your long journey. Well, thank you very much, Christina. That was uh, Day Use, uh, the app that helps you find places to stay during the day, during layovers uh, or after red-eye flights. That's all the time we have left. I really want to thank uh, Graham and Christina my fellow producers and co-hosts here on the App Show. And again, great to have you back, Christina. Great to be back. Don't forget to listen to our sister show every Saturday on the Chorus Radio Network. Get connected. Your look at everyday tech and smart home technology as well. Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.